0: Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello Buglers, welcome to the Bugle Live Online parts of the Unmute Podcast Festival. Uh, How are you all? Good, we can't hear you, uh, so I assume you just all responded, we are at best adequate, it is the year 2020 after all. Uh, internet, just some breaking news coming through, the bookies are already paying out on 2020 winning rubbishest year of the decade award, and still nine years and two months to go, and at least four of those years could be under President Ivanka Trump. So uh, that shows you what a terrible year. It's been, I am Andy Zaltzman, if you haven't uh, met me before, it's uh, the 24th of October, 2020. This show will also uh, double up as Bugle Issue 4171 I hope if any of you uh, are unfamiliar with the Bugle, um, what are you doing here? Uh, But welcome to those of you who've heard it uh, before. We are up against Strictly Come Dancing I realise that, Uh, I've been told that reliable. Personally, I'm I'm not a fan of... uh, I'd rather watch a coop of Mogadon-drugged pigeons do their annual accounts than watch Strictly Come Dancing. (laughs) I'd rather watch a slab of concrete interview a plank of wood about its hopes and ambitions. Actually, that might be quite a good show. The point is, I don't really understand ballroom dancing. I don't see why you want to do something like that without incorporating a ball or a goal or a bat or a fight. It, it doesn't really make sense to me as far as I can see it. Um, ballroom dancing is essentially rugby for the woke and I don't approve of it. But uh, the excitement this year uh, in Britain is that uh, for the first time there's a same-sex couple on uh, strictly Nicola Adams, Olympic champion boxer and woman, is going to be dancing uh, with, wait for it, Another woman, now this has rocked British society to its foundation, Skeptic saying, <laughs> where will it end? Well, it'll probably end with a more tolerant and open-minded society. But what if it doesn't end there, says Britain? What, what if it ends with compulsory homosexuality classes in all schools? Uh, but it will almost certainly... Not go quite that far, so uh, anyway, thank you for for n- not watching uh, the uh, social revolution that is unfolding on Strictly and instead uh, coming to the bugle. for those of you unfamiliar with it, the bugle is so called because it's uh, a cross between Dougal, the dog character from the hit children's TV series <laughs> The Magic Roundabout and the Bible. Uh, that's where the name comes from, but um, uh, anyway, joining me. ...for this special uh, live show. And it's a great pleasure to be part of the Unmute uh, Festival. Uh, Joining me via the witchic magic... ...of uh, Tim Berners-Lee's internet... ...which, whatever you think of it... uh, ...has been a giant... You to the yogurt pots joined by a piece of string communications uh, technology uh, industry and the final nail in the commercial coffin of the gospel writer <laughs> as a tool of fake news. But anyway, we're using the internet and joining me from very early in the morning tomorrow in Sydney, Australia. It's um, I've, I'm not sure. Uh, a, a, a Alice Fraser. Have I pronounced that right? <laughs> uh, Alice Alice Fraser. So, sorry, Hello, it's a difficult, awkward name. How are you, Alice?
1: Hello, buglers. How are you?
0: They're all fine. I've checked that already. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I haven't had any complaints.
1: I don't care about them. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm fine. I'm all right. I'm yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's a difficult part of the year for me. It's an f- extremely long time until the cricket season <laughs> begins, so uh, <laughs> I'm doing my best to get to to get through it. Uh, how's uh, How's Australia at what five five a.m. <laughs>
1: Um, I mean, this is my life now, Andy. My life is waking up at uh, right. the wee hours and not being able to enjoy any of the bright things that Australia has to offer until the sun comes up, uh, just talking to maniacs over the tube. So, I mean, you, not <laughs> random maniacs, obviously. Oh, right,
0: OK, thanks very much. Yeah, yeah, OK, good, yeah. Just carefully selected uh, maniacs <laughs> who uh, give you money. Yep, that's... Um...
1: <laughs> pouring my energy into the unforgiving channel of the internet. <laughs>
0: Well, that's a, that's a, basically, I think that is a summary for humanity in the last fifteen years. <laughs> uh, joining me um, from well exactly the same time as I am, uh, which is now five minutes past seven, uh, up uh, up the road uh, from uh, well just up the road here in uh, Northwest Europe. It's Nish
2: Kumar. Hello, Andy. Hello, Alice. Hello, Buglers. Good to see you all. Great to be here. I feel like we should uh, we should open with some exciting professional news for you because you've been named as the host of the news right. quiz andy you're going mainstream
0: that that is That is is correct.
2: And and what I like is you've started that new tenure. The news quiz, uh, for those of you who don't know, is an extremely prestigious Radio 4 satirical show and it's a very big deal for Andy. And it's good to know that it's not going to change him, given that he opened this podcast by saying, if you've never heard of the Bugle, what are you doing here? (laughs) It's good to know that (laughs) you'll not be compromising on your principles. Um, At the opposite end of uh, career news, uh, I've been doing a, a show for an app called Quibi, uh, for the last six months And uh, on Thursday I found out that Quibi has gone under So if I may add to <laughs> my various and storied CV I can now add App Destroyer Quibi has spent, uh, some analysts, <laughs> some analysts believe Quibi has spent $2 billion this year And somehow has still gone under And all I can think is This whole thing is some sort of weird Brewster's Million style gambit To spend money that was left... <laughs> <laughs> to someone in a will anyway I've been delighted what? to uh, collect my paychecks and in retrospect it was a bad idea for me to be uh, to insist on bonus payments of Rolex watches
0: <laughs> 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 what, what, I mean, what, what are you going to do with them all
2: well I, I mean right now I'm going to have to sell I'm going to have to start selling them Andy I'm going, be, uh, I'm going to have to lay them out on the street right. just to uh, make up the losses. Uh, either that or I'm going to have to uh, start eating I mean, them. And I don't even think Heston Blumenthal's got a recipe for a watch
0: souffle that's going to be of any use. Don't don't say that, Nish. I know he's almost certainly going to be listening to this and he will be cooking that up in his head. <laughs> as we Also, if you're getting paid $2 billion, Nish... Uh, now, Andy, I think in maybe... Uh,
2: I. I I, there's a slight <laughs> misunderstanding there that was the total expenditure of the app right, okay. not my wages oh,
0: <laughs> oh I, sorry I, I, mis, I mis, misunderstood, misunderstood I just assumed I assumed, you were, I assumed you were getting the same deal with them as I'm getting from the news Chris.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm getting 1.8 billion just to be clear All right, the okay. rest was just All going to one. Chrissy Teigen yeah. it's just me and the Teagues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, Nish, this is the problem here. What you've done is uh, you've said they've, they've spent $2 billion and you can't understand why they've gone under. Uh, the thing that they needed to do, and it's a rookie error, I understand, is um, they needed to make $2 billion, not spend. Yes, like, yes, I, yes. I understand well, that's complicated.
2: You know what, Alice? Hindsight is 2020, OK? And the fact that you need to both spend <laughs> and bring in revenue is the sort of wisdom we could have used seven months ago at Quivy Towers.
1: <laughs> the, the, the thing about hindsight being twenty-twenty is hindsight pays twenty and gets twenty and comes out even. That's how the maths works.
2: <laughs> Again, this is all very useful information for February. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, this is issue 4171, or as it should properly be known, issue God fondly looking back on a rare victory for his team over hell, uh, or issue for once <laughs> heaven won. Uh, that was the first uh, first pun of the show, but um, there may be more. Uh, we are recording on the, uh, what, the 24th of October, uh, on this day in 1901. Annie Edson Taylor became the first person to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Uh, there she is. It was on her 63rd birthday. Actually, obviously she woke up and thought, "It's my birthday. Oh, I've had enough of cakes. I'm not interested in a spa session. I've had it up to here with stripograms. I'm going to treat myself to getting in a barrel, barrel and risking death by doing something that absolutely does not need to be done." Now, uh, I mean some people see her as a as, as a hero. I would say, you know, 1901 this happened. Annie set a very dangerous precedent early in the 20th century for people doing absolutely f***ing ridiculous (laughs) things. Now, I'm not completely blaming 63-year-old Annie for, you know, some of the, let's be honest, much worse stuff that happened later on in that century, but I don't think... I, d- I just don't think I, d- I don't think it helped uh, also uh, on this day 1946 um, uh, Walt Disney testified to the House un-American Activities Committee or as it was also known HUAC, uh, was set up in 1938. <laughs> To investigate uh, people, uh, which is also the, the the noise made by people under torture to, to confess to communism. <laughs> uh, I think that's where the name came from. Uh, it was set up in 1938 to investigate people who might be doing things that did not tally with American values, which, as we know, uh, are guarded very closely by uh, Americans, as I'm sure any of our American viewers and listeners uh, would agree. Uh, that, so anything that didn't tally with American values, um, such as communism, uh, fascism, uh, understatement, uh, reacting calmly to an opinion you disagree with, uh, small as a menu option, coming to terms with history and professional snooker. They were very, very uh, big on clamping down on all those. And Disney actually uh, controversially shot some of his former uh, colleagues as communists, uh, including uh, Clara Cluck, uh, obvious spy, her surname short for Cluster <laughs> which is the official CIA summary for the Russian Revolution. Uh, Minnie Mouse, uh, Minnie short for minimum wage, bit lefty. Uh, and uh, Os- Oswald's Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, another Disney character, obviously relying on luck and the unquestioning support of the state rather than proper American hard work. Obvious commie. And uh, Disney shopped them all. And th- and that, actually, getting rid of uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit started a blood feud with the US government that Oswald's uh, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit's nephew was to settle with uh, to such devastating effects 17 years later. Uh, now, Disney promoted his more capitalist characters thereafter, including Pinocchio, Puppet of the Man and Pluto, which is short for Plutocrat. Um, <laughs> I don't, if, um, I don't know if you're uh, Disney fans, uh, you guys. I mean, it, well, I remember as a kid, we weren't allowed to watch the, the Jungle Book, Disney movie from 1967. I uh, wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid because uh, my parents said I was too young to watch a Baloo movie. Oh, it was Jesus but, yeah. anyway, right, let's move on. If, ever, if anyone's sorry, not heard sorry, of the, the Bugle, apologies. they've immediately the turned this off. That's all right, we're used to that. <laughs> uh, and on this day in 1590, John White... The uh, governor of the second (laughs) Roanoke colony returned to England after an unsuccessful search for a colony that he'd lost. He'd lost his family and all the other colonists. No trace has ever been found of the 100 or so people left behind. Various theories. Uh, One, they lived happily ever after. Never happened to America. Uh, Two, they headed west, ended up in Vegas, making ends meet, doing a cabaret show about the history of Tudor England. You can still see it to this day. Um, uh, Another theory is that it's still being processed by US immigration. That's possible. And uh, (laughs) another theory they did find carved into a tree. I don't know if you have a graphic of this, Chris. The word uh, Croatoan was carved into the palisade of a fort. Uh, suggesting that what could have happened that uh, resulted in the uh, the disappearance of this colony was that um, they fought each other to the death after an argument about whether that was allowed as an answer, Croatoan, in answer to the colony quiz night um, question, what nationality was Suka, oh. winner of the golden boot at the 1998 <laughs> World Cup? And, you know, it was basically correct, but misspelled. Do you allow that in a quiz? I don't know. Anyway, they all killed each other. Uh, a bit of history for you. As always... You don't hear a lot of, of references going, to
2: Davosuka in 2020. You really don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're not or and the roanoke colony in the same gag anyway but that's what this that's what this podcast brings um as always a section of the bugle is going where i mean i'm just guessing you said in the bin watching at home i hope i hope you're joining in this i know we can't we can't hear you but we can as uh, long as you, you, you don't expect uh, us to, to just pull, pull
1: our way to andy
0: uh, but, and uh, as long as none of you at home, assume your video is off and are pulling your weight in, uh, I believe, uh, corporate... <laughs> just trousers up. Uh, Anyway, as always, a section of the bugle is going straight... <laughs> In the bin. um, It's going uh, in in the bin this week. A special commemorative. Build your own set of COVID regulations. Uh, Now, we're all getting confused (laughs) wherever we are around the world about what exactly we are and are not allowed to do. So if you're not exactly sure what the latest COVID regs are in your area, here's a free British government. Construct your own COVID regulations kit. Simply rearrange the following words into an order that suits you best. Group of. Allowed. Not. Exemptions. Indoors, inexplicable, unless, definitely, perhaps, who needs grannies anyway, as long as no one else knows, trampolining, 12, give or take, to me, outdoors, does not apply, slightly inconvenient, because I'm special, responsible, cult and orgy. Uh, So that should pretty much cover everything you need with your Covid regulations, that section in the bin. Right, we are now, what, 15 minutes into the show, ready to start with a top story... (laughs) Uh, top story this week evolution and the state of the human species. Uh, well, Nish, Alice, uh, we are, it turns out, still evolving. I mean, when you look at the state of our species, and we are easily one of the most famous species of all time, of course, take that ring tailed mongoose. Uh, I mean, you can't help thinking we're a great species. We've compensated for our shortcomings, you know, a lack of horns, a lack of lethal fangs, lacerative claws, venomous snout pendages, the works, by using our superior brains to work out many and wonderful other ways of killing things and each other. That's the mark of a special species. But it turns out we're not finished. Scientists have uh, discovered that we're still evoluting. We're developing new arteries and we're losing teeth. Um, Nish, I know you're a massive fan of uh, human evolution as a, uh, and, and you know, you've very much benefited from it yourself as a modern uh, uh, human.
2: Oh, I'm using my opposable thumbs right now. Look at that.
0: Sensational skills.
2: Yeah, Andy, it's a, this is a, this is big news. And I was very glad to read this story because, I'll be honest, uh, every other piece of evidence I've been confronted with uh, every time I uh, open a newspaper or turn on the news is suggesting that humans are very much evolving in the opposite direction. So on a day when 5,000 people march through London to protest for their rights to kill old people by breathing them to death with disease, <laughs> it's hard to not see this as a positive, a badly needed positive sign. So the, uh, the evolution, pieces of evolution in question are, we might be losing uh, our wisdom teeth, which does feel a bit on the nose as metaphors go, uh, but the other piece of evolution is that we're also getting uh, an extra artery uh, in our arms. Uh, We're getting an extra artery. Now, here's the big question. Listen, I'll be the first person to admit it. I have absolutely no idea about science in open defiance of every racial stereotype. I refuse to be another statistic, okay? So I've determined to be the only (laughs) Asian who doesn't understand a single f***ing thing about any science whatsoever. But all I can speculate (laughs) wildly on is that this extra artery is to get more blood to our hands so we can post on the internet with more strength and venom. That's exactly why we're evolving these arteries. Right. These are posting vessels.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is one of the common misunderstandings about evolution, uh, niche that everything that evolves happens sort of purposively and that it meets a need rather than sort of being a randomly selected process. It's it's more of a, an artery and not a sciencery.
0: <laughs> uh... <laughs> Let's just let that hang there.
1: Thank you. Um, I mean. The only joke I have for this section.
0: <laughs> so, so, social media is causing other evolutions, social media thumb getting much better. Thumbs uh, getting also reversible skin uh, for hundred percent more tattooable skin area uh, getting uh, gradually developing additional forehead musculature that is evolving quickly to enable uh, the next generation one or two down from us to have even deeper frowns they 're going to need to have one thinking about the state of the world. Uh, the human bile duct uh, now goes straight from the gallbladder up into the mouth uh, for use in uh, presidential campaigns. <laughs> Um, and, think, and personally, I mean, there's a few things I'd like to see. I'd like, um, you know, a bit of protective skin on the end of the, the, the male um, a, a appendage. I think that would be really useful, and I can't <laughs> fully understand why there isn't one for <laughs> either fam- family show. Um <laughs> Uh, one of the interesting aspects of evolution is that uh, another scientific uh, report I was reading, <laughs> and I do my, I, I research this show intensely, butler. <laughs> I do hope you realise that. Um, that uh, at least five times in the history of evolution, something has evolved from something that was not a crab into something. That is a crab. Now, yeah, there we go. F- five different times you've had something evolving into a crab. And this is according to the crab-bothering boffins who give a shit about shit like this. And, yeah, I mean, it's a classic scientist. I mean, well, well done for working it out. Instead of, you know, finding out crucial stuff like how many octopuses it takes to change a light bulb or how many quarter-pounders a T-Rex could have theoretically eaten before vomiting and whether Neanderthals had X-ray vision or could pee round corners. But now, this is important science. Five times something's evolved... Into a crab, mostly from other crustaceans or crusties, if we're still allowed to call them that. (laughs) Unless the PC lobby have stopped us calling them that as well. (laughs) Um, But um, obviously in the context of human evolution, the crab is something to aspire to. Would you not think, Alice? I mean, I know you're a flamingo sceptic, and I don't know if this
1: no i I love a crab. I feel like crabs evolution wise are the uh, uh, crabs are the table chips of evolution, like no matter what you get you're going to get a thing of chips for the table <laughs> that's what right, crabs yeah. that's the function so of, crab's of <laughs> just for safety you want to have some chips yeah. there in case whatever else you order is not good. I can't remember now if British people call them fries or not <laughs> hot chips well it's
0: near enough um, <laughs> the, 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 when the context you know it's very environmentally friendly. The crab seldom takes flights. Uh, we're, but I mean, we're, we're still, you know, the big clacky snapper arms. Uh, give it a couple of generations, I think they'll be very, very, very handy. Um, and you know, I think social media has made us. We're not physically developed into crabs yet, but I think maybe, again, this is social media niche, You know, we are developing a spiritual hard shell and big clacky snapper limbs for making abusive comments and a pathological fear of embracing views that do not coincide with our own, which is very much a crab attribute. I mean, when did you last hear a crab use the words, actually Genevieve, you might have a point.
2: Well, and also <laughs> we're, 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 we're evolving the ability to only move side to side and not progress forwards. But other than that, <laughs> there we go. my favorite, one of my favorite things I read about this in terms of animal evolution is that uh, some elephants have now evolved to be tuskless because we keep on chopping their tusks off. Now, Some might see that as a damning indictment of humanity's inability to coexist with other creatures on this planet. I see us as nature's muse. Nature is having to move forward (laughs) because of our horrific behavior it's absolutely brilliant we're going to see a, a, a the next generation of chickens evolving pre-basted in nando spices <laughs> <laughs> i see that as a huge positive
1: i mean yeah i love an urban animal for example like animals that have adapted to human every other animal meeting with humanity is like f***ed off or died I feel like I saw, you know, squ- possums that eat out of bins. And I saw a cat the other day in the park with a whole KFC family meal that I think it bought with its own money. I, that kind of thing I find very inspiring.
0: I like the giraffes with the big lamp on them. They're really good. Um, COVID news now. Um, uh, I think that sting was entirely appropriate. That's basically a summary of the year, (laughs) that musical sting. Um, Nish, uh, Alice, you're both the Bugles' uh, official uh, totally, intractably, incomprehensibly confusing global, literal and metaphorical, physical and spiritual pandemic correspondence. Uh, What the f*** is going on? I'll tell you what's going on, Andy.
2: Money, 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 money! Money! (laughs) A lot of people are viewing COVID uh, as a... um, you know, uh, a stop on humanity's progress and uh, a real moment at which everybody's trapped indoors and, uh, you know, it's having a real negative impact and claiming people's lives. But those people are cashless hippies uh, because you should be viewing COVID. (laughs) You should be viewing COVID as a huge opportunity to sneak some sweet cream off the top. Uh, Andy, there's been a a lot of developments in... uh, Covid corruption news uh, um, On this side of the Atlantic There's oh, a, a string of uh, investigations Is being opened into uh, And I believe this is the technical parliamentary term Where all of our money is gone uh, because we have spent uh, 12 billion pounds uh, on a track and trace uh, system uh, and at the moment the the track and trace uh, app and system is uh, is effectively tracking and tracing to the same extent as a bloodhound who died in the mid 19th century it is neither tracking or tracing <laughs> shit and we've spent 12 billion pounds on it so far and here's the thing Andy people in glass houses but what I would say is 12 billion pounds on the track and trace app makes Quibi look like strong value for money because say what you will about the quality of its output. The output was put out. Okay. whereas the track and trace app, (laughs) the track and trace app is neither tracking nor tracing. Now, the whole system uh, is being run by uh, Dido Harding, uh, who has some experience in uh, consultancy uh, and also working in the supermarkets, uh, uh, working on the boards of the supermarkets, uh, Tesco and Sainsbury's. And so, um, as such, uh, has no relevant experience whatsoever uh although that's not strictly <laughs> true in terms of covid because she's also on the board uh, of the uh, cheltenham horse racing event uh which happened earlier this year and was a super spreader event so dido harding's only experience <laughs> of coronavirus is potentially being involved in spreading it to a bunch of people therefore dido harding is as fucking qualified to do anything about like was the wuhan bat not available Could they not get the pangolin? Could they not have just stuffed a COVID-addled lung on a plinth and had that run the f***ing
0: track and trace system? (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, they probably could have done.
1: I feel like the problem with track and trace is that uh, track and trace sort of in the common parlance mean exactly the same thing. So you haven't got a clear brief. I find this stuff so frustrating because, you know, people say satirists like it when politicians do stupid and ridiculous things. Actually, we don't like it. And our job is to say how much we don't like it. But if you're a restaurant critic and you complain at a restaurant that there's a hair in your soup and they just keep bringing it back with more hair until it starts to resemble Boris Johnson's <laughs> wig, then you start to it sort of starts to pull a little bit. To me, it's just so astonishing how incompetent this execution is and, and how much people are still sort of arguing about how bad or how good the government is? Do you know what I mean? That there's people who are still on board with everything that the government is doing. This government in in the UK is better at dividing people than the guy in Human Caterpillar, but it fails to sew them back up to each other. <laughs> I don't know if this is an accurate description of uh, what happened in the Human Caterpillar movie. I haven't seen it. But. Is he a <laughs> hero or a villain? I don't know.
2: Alice, I am gonna I am gonna play the cinephile here and correct you that it was Human Centipede. I think Human Caterpillar sounds oh, like a much yeah. more charming. Story about a boy who eventually <laughs> realizes that he was a butterfly the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> hungry, hungry human caterpillar. <laughs>
0: possible sequel. Possible, possible sequel will probably disappoint the fans of the original. But, um, I mean, it seems that essentially, with 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 COVID, the government's sort of in a Goldilocks situation where they're trying to solve the COVID enigma, um, but unlike Goldilocks, instead of a bowl of porridge, they're trying out. Different bowls of three week old chicken vindaloo to find which <laughs> one gives them the least explosive food poisoning. And in, instead of finding the most comfortable bed to have a snooze in, they're sticking their penises in uh, different electrical plug sockets to see which gives them the least fatal electrical shock until so they get one that's just right. Um, I, I mean, admittedly, we're slightly you know, rearranging the Goldilocks story in certain ways there. It's basically an unending game of pass the parcel where each layer of the parcel has a rotting sardine and you don't know what's going to be left at the end but you can hear growling from the inside <laughs> but that's the way i see it um the... At, the at the moment so i mean in terms of the corona cronyism it's uh, it goes deep doesn't it? it goes goes this goes very deep
2: yeah it does go very deep and the sort of the fecal cherry on top of the shit cake is the fact that as we seek greater transparency, one of the things that's going to be a real obstacle to it is the government's anti-corruption champion is a man called John Penrose, who is quite literally married to Dido Harding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's, well, it's you know, absolutely it's been, astonishing.
0: They can chat about it out of work.
2: Consultants are earning six grand a day. Circa was made. A company has made four hundred and ten uh, million pounds, uh, despite the fact that it's only traced fifty-eight percent of the contacts it was supposed to have traced. It is really, really spicy stuff from a nation that, at best, can handle a medium nando's.
0: <laughs> there was another one of the, the the contracts went to a company called Ianda Capital and it was to, to supply a quarter of a billion pounds of um, uh, medical protective equipment uh, masks predominantly now Iander Capital, as the name suggests, uh, not specialists in providing medical masks, they are a they are a financial investment office owned by an offshore holding company based in a tax haven that specialises in and I quote their own website currency trading, offshore property private equity and trade financing. Result of this contract, 50 million masks that proved to be totally unusable, <laughs> uh, but a lovely beachfront maisonette <laughs> in the Cayman Islands. So, you know, where viruses fear to tread. That's, um, yeah. They
1: were totally functional as a legal fiction, which is the important part of their job. Yeah. Creating a lever- Absolutely. I mean, and in other news, the UN uh, has come out, the UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres, the ninth Secretary-General of the United Nations and the one with the least interesting name in uh, recent memory, uh, <laughs> has come out to point out basically all of this corruption that's going on and do the thing that the UN does best, which is sort of concerned uh, finger-waving and, and tutting about this uh, these pressures towards corruption. And the statement that he makes is sort of so forgiving he's like i you know we understand that in these troubled times this is a concern for people and i feel like it's just it's it's it 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 doesn't help
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i did call the british government uh, to talk about the uh, these allegations of corona coronism and i got their pre-recorded response. Um, which simply went. Your complaint about institutional malpractice is important to us. Please hold while we conduct a half-assed mm-hmm. official inquiry whose fundings we will then refuse to publish until everyone has forgotten about it or the world has ended, whichever happens sooner. Rule Britannia. P.S. When we said we wanted to take back control, what the f- did you think we meant? <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's always there that to. Uh, what is that to uh, to cling to? Uh, let's uh, let's um, let's let's move on now and talk about um, Marcus Rashford. big story this week, Nish. I mean, do you think uh, Marcus Rashford, the Man United footballer, do you think he's better as a (laughs) left-sided attacker in a front three, cutting into one of his stronger right foot, or as an old-style right winger using his pace to get down the line and whipping crosses or as a proper kind of old-fashioned centre-forward using his pace to get in behind the centre-backs? What's your view on that? He seems to divide uh, opinion in this country. He
2: certainly did a a useful job of uh, dividing opinion this week uh, off the field, Uh, and he divided uh, opinion uh, between uh, everyone... And the Conservative Party, and <laughs> <laughs> it was it was he he really got he really got around the back line of the uh, government, uh, which he uh, unfortunately did not manage to do uh, against a different blue team, Chelsea, earlier on this afternoon. Uh, which is why, for the first sort of fifteen twenty <laughs> minutes of this, Buglis may have noticed some slightly wavering attention on my part due to the fact that I was <laughs> participating in a long-standing noble tradition of this podcast of having half an eye on some sport that was going on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway uh, uh, only half a night um, so, so just, just fill people in on, on the story who've not been uh, not been uh, not been following
2: it uh, so the government has refused to extend uh, the scheme that gives free school meals to children throughout the school holidays now the reason Marcus Brashford comes into all of this is that he's been quite a, a sort of outspoken advocate and campaigner uh, for the extension of the free school meals programme especially given the economic circumstances that are facing a lot of families a, a, as we live under the pandemic and and uh, to keep things in footballing terms, um, you would think that um, providing food for children whose families might be struggling, especially in this uh, difficult economic circumstance that a lot of households in Britain find themselves in, would be something of a uh, an open goal uh, for a somewhat embattled government. Uh, however, when confronted uh, with that open goal, uh, the Conservative Party didn't do what they should do, which is just calmly get their head over the ball and side-foot it into the empty net. They instead... It. They uh, <laughs> removed the appendages from within their football shorts, and they started dry humping the ball, much to the confusion of the referee, the opposition team, and the watching spectators.
0: But they, they didn't get penalised for it though, because the, uh, the the TV replay showed that the the end of those appendages was uh, a quarter of an inch offside. So actually, it didn't then matter what they did after that. So it was all, it was all fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is some hot VAR material. Carry on. sorry. I, and I love it. <laughs> Um, uh, in response to this Marcus Rashford uh, didn't do what any of the rest of us would have just done which would have just been like well I get my best and put my feet up and count my millions of pounds that I earn he instead uh, coordinated through his social media platforms a, a massive national effort of um, restaurants uh, that were giving money at, uh, that were going to give free meals out to help supplement people that are struggling so f- we've gone so far in this year from January 2020 Boris Johnson tweeting a picture of himself doing a double thumbs up saying this will be a great year for Britain to October 2020, where a footballer has had to set up a network of restaurants to feed poor children because the government has decided against giving them food. So it's really it's I mean, it's not been an ideal year. Imagine that being the summary of Britain in 2020. Plus a fucking pandemic. That's where we are as a nation right now. And one of the other, and a lot of the, uh, the line of attack from Conservatives seems to be very weird. Instead of saying, well, look, the thing is, you know, we can't spend the money, or, or uh, even trying to bullshit us, they seem to be saying, well, this is just woke nonsense from the Social Justice Brigade. There was a really strange (laughs) piece of correspondence uh, from the MP Philip Davis. Now I actually saw this floating around uh, on uh, Facebook and Twitter and uh, assumed it was false. Uh, Somebody was saying that they had a 16 year old in Philip Davis's constituency, a Tory MP, had emailed him uh, about the free school meal scheme. And his response was this. Thank you for your email, even though you show how intolerant you are to anyone who holds a different opinion to you. I appreciate that virtue signalling is in vogue, but I'm afraid that I take the rather old-fashioned view that parents should be primarily responsible for feeding their children rather than the state. Right now, I assume that is such cartoonish villainy that I assumed uh, it was a joke. However, the local evening newspaper in the region, the Yorkshire Evening Post, contacted Philip Davis and he said, yes, I sent the email.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is, imagine responding to a 16 year old who's taking an interest in politics and emailing their local MP and saying, I think it's probably a good idea that people, you know, feed poor children by going, this is leftist nonsense of the highest order. Paying for food for people who are struggling. Go back to San Francisco and put some flowers in your hair, hippie. One of the restaurants that's involved in the scheme is McDonald's, which is actually going to be donating some money for people to buy meals. Well, I guess we all know that with Ronald McDonald, he's not just red of hair, he's also red of goddamn heart. (laughs) The Conservative government at this point is so right wing. They've turned Ronald
0: McDonald into Che Guevara. (laughs) That's an achievement. Alice?
1: Well, it looks particularly bad when you've just spent $12 billion uh, failing to keep old people alive to then turn around and say that you're not willing to keep young people alive because you don't have the money for it. It's... I mean... (sighs) I, I, I feel like part of the anger of the Tories at Marcus Rashford is that he is betraying the class that will never allow him in but expects him to spend his time slavering at their frosted windows rather than leveraging his position to help starving children. <laughs> he's a, you know, what are his qualifications? You know, he's a man qualified purely by the fact that he's dragged himself out of poverty by virtue of being good at a skill and then he has the temerity to tut at the government for their failure to feed the nation's children when they clearly have the money and resources to do so. It's. I mean, it just frustrates me so much when the job of the government is literally to cultivate the human infrastructure of the nation, and there are very few ways you can pretend that's wildly complicated when there's a hungry child going, "Please, sir, can I have some more?" <laughs> well,
0: also, this this was in a week where our national debt blasted heroically through the two trillion pound mark for Woo! the first time. Go, Team GB! We Team, did it, Team GB! Team GB! So refu- <laughs> refusing to, to pay a bit of extra money for, for meals for school children in these very difficult times. I guess that's like going to a you know, triple Michelin starred restaurant, spending two grand a head on food and wine, and then being asked to spend 20 pence to use a toilet and saying, no way am I spending that, and just pissing in your trousers. <laughs> uh, it seems Deep. entirely inappropriate. Uh, other MPs have also reacted. Urcival Mattox-Gramhorn, the Tory MP for Snutterbridge West, um, said, Our research shows that plebs don't really count, so it's fine. They mostly grow up to be lefties and layabouts. Frankly, the sooner we starve them all to death, the better, hashtag get Brexit done. Now, obviously, <laughs> I've made up that MP and his words, but at least he had the courage to fictionally say what so many of his other colleagues are actually actually thinking. Reality has now caught up with your bullshit. And I think the person that you're about, to, you're about to reference
2: is is evidence of that. I think your bullshit is now being rendered obsolete by this government. Sorry, go for it.
0: Yes, well, Bre- Brendan Clark Smith, uh, the Conservative MP for uh, Willful Delusion Central, I think a genuine MP, um, he said, where is the slick PR campaign encouraging absent parents to take some responsibility for their children? I don't f***ing know, Brendan. Why don't you start one yourself and see how it we- flies. <laughs> do you, do you know what else added, he said? I do not believe in nationalising children.
2: Is that the one you're about to go Yes.
0: Yes. lost <laughs> <laughs> yes, something everyone can agree with.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> well, uh, oh. in that case, I say the private sector, the private sector needs to fucking step up and shell oil and Amazon
0: <laughs> need to start raising our goddamn children. But <laughs> 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 well, I mean, also giving. Uh, children free school meals at this difficult time, that is nationalising children the same way that hitting an apricot with a ukulele is doing scientific research into splitting the <laughs> atom. It, it, it is not nationalising children.
1: The other part of it is that that, uh, these Tory MPs seem to be thinking that by, please feed the children we are asking them to go out and hoe the fields and make the sandwiches themselves. You know, if if Marcus Rashford can organise for private companies to give children the food the government, which has power over private companies, could say, you know here's a tax, instead of throwing food away, why don't you give some of it to children and that would be allowed. They can do that. They're the gov- there's just there's so many governments now around the world are just standing there holding all this power and going, I don't know, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, it's not... It's your problem. <laughs> this is your problem.
2: Perhaps the lowest point in all of this um, is Ben Bradley, uh, the, the Conservative MP who, who has sort of spent a lot of time firefighting, uh, largely due to his own stupid fucking fault. Um, he's it now deleted exchange on Twitter uh, involved him responding uh, to somebody saying that um, uh, what, uh, this, I'm going to read this exchange out in full because it is important because of what he's used to defend himself uh, he said uh, at one school in Mansfield 75% of the kids have a social worker 25% of parents are illiterate their estate is the centre of, of the area's crime one kid lives in a crack den another in a brothel these are the kids that need uh, most need our help. Extending FSM, which is Free School Meals, doesn't reach these kids. Someone then replied to that tweet saying, £20 cash direct to a crack den and brothel really sounds like the way forward with this one. And he responded saying, that's what Free School Meal vouchers in the summer effectively did. Now, the reason it's important that all of that gets read out is that he has said that his remarks are being taken out of context. Now... What I've done there is given you the entire context. Now, what this leads me to believe is Ben Bradley does not understand what the word out of context means. He does not yeah. understand the meaning of the phrase. Let me give him a quick guide into what the phrase out of context means. For example, if I was in a completely hypothetical way to say Ben Bradley's skin care regime involves washing his face with his own semen it would then be totally out of context for someone to imply that I said that Ben Bradley's skincare regime involves washing his face with his own semen, right? However, (laughs) all I'm saying is we cannot rule out the idea that Ben Bradley's skincare regime involves washing his face in his own semen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Quick Brexit update. Um, Well, the Brexit deal... Um, as turned out, uh, Boris Johnson trumpeted to the nation uh, last year as uh, turned out to be as oven ready as a live chicken in a heat resistant suit on a heavily armoured raft in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in the, I guess it is theoretically possible for someone to cook it but it is marred in logistical difficulties um, it's um uh, Nish, I mean, we, we're approaching the, the end game. It's all over, bar the shouting. Apart from the shouting back, uh, the actually putting anything into practice, the decades-long social and economic repercussions, the potential breakup of the United Kingdom, uh, and the cold-eyed verdict of history. But apart from that, it's, it's nearly, it's nearly all over, isn't it? And Michael Gove, um, God rest his soul, if it is ever located, said that Brexit is just like moving house. It's as simple as m- moving, m- moving house. Which is, I mean, at some point you might start to think. Has our estate agent told us everything we need to know about our new property?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, given that one of the uh, unfortunate downsides of Brexit appears to be that Kent is going to have major lorry queues to such an extent that the government is now exploring a scheme which is going to result in festival portaloos being put at strategic points down uh, the motorway uh, that leads to the uh, the ferry dock at Kent where the trucks will get on ferries, Um, I would say it's like moving house insofar as you've now moved into a house uh, that people advised you against moving into, uh, and now that you've got there, it turns out you have to shit on the grass.
0: time
1: it's also like moving house in that it's a lot easier if you're rich and have another extra house that you can go to <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's the absolutely key
1: point
2: <laughs> but we're going for an australia style arrangement alice you must be very excited about this
1: we've seen we've seen
2: australia a country in a different hemisphere from europe and gone this is the this is the model we should be emulating <laughs>
1: I mean, the, the, you know, that means you can look forward to, uh, I guess, shipping your undesirables off to some sort of uh, refugee island, which is what we're doing. But, again, you can't really blame us, because literally that's what we are. Like, we think that's something nice <laughs> to do. Because <laughs> that is the genesis of our modern nation. <laughs> uh,
0: American news now, because you have a jingle, Chris. Well, it's exciting times in America. We are well heading towards the election. Four years of Donald Trump's own brand, American carnage, splattering and spluttering, spluttering to a decision on the 3rd of November on whether to, new, whether to renew that contract, maybe with free bonus added carnage, like uh, sort of loyalty points. It's been a an epic tale of bilious anti-competence and obliterative bastardry. I guess if the ancient Greek journo-poet Homer had written up the Trump years as an epic tale, I think he would have called it uh, maybe the Shithiad, um you need to write that <laughs> joke down for it really to work but just um 10 days to go now until we see how elect uh, how electorally effective the trump strategy of the five d's has been the five d's divide deceive dismay incite to shame inflame, abominate and putrefy sorry i lied <laughs> about it being five Ds, which that's just the way politics works these days <laughs> so, and we had the, the the election uh, the, the last debate uh this week and um i couldn't bring myself to uh, to watch i've saved it up so um uh, you know well i'll watch it when i know the final score did did uh, did you manage to catch it
2: uh, yes regrettably i did see quite a bit of the uh i did see the debate and it was um it, it, it's just a shame that uh, a week before the election america has discovered that the way to deal with donald trump is by actively muting him mm. and i think that <laughs> innovation would actually have been really helpful about half a decade ago um the, the the horse has not so much bolted as it's now <laughs> living in the white house <laughs> and it's it was yeah i mean look it was it, it, you know donald trump uh, it, it was a sort of more measured tone uh from donald trump uh which is it means absolutely f- all at this point it's it, he was you know it's It needs to be, when people describe him as having a more measured tone, it needs to be considered in the same way that Lance Armstrong's Tour de France wins were. You know, there's a heavy asterisk (laughs) against that phrase. And also, they both involve problematic white men who are off their nut on steroids
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah there's fewer than two weeks to go until some level of riots on the streets of america and everyone's uh, at the edge of their collective seats waiting to find out which team will be setting whose cars on fire Uh, and uh, biden (laughs) has amped up his campaign he's more aggressive he's more intense trump has trump has amped up something. Uh, It's hard to tell what, because Trump's amp is always screaming feedback at top volume the moment you switch it on. (laughs) Certainly outside of the debate, he's increased, I don't know if you've noticed it, he has increased the speed of the jump cuts in his stream of consciousness, like the last quarter of a Christopher (laughs) Nolan film. We can only hope that all the timelines finally merge until at the moment of apotheosis, he comes out with just one coherent speech before exploding into a shower of sparks. (laughs) <laughs> I, I i just it's astonishing to me uh that the debate actually uh, that joe biden didn't perform uh, as well as we would have hoped uh, in the debate um, he he was uh, very calm, very reasoned and very technical, which is what you should want in a politician, of course. But what we do want in a politician, as we have found out, is a man who is firing out water cannons and jet skis from his paws like some sort of Jap anime <laughs> m- monstrosity charging through the streets of New York. <laughs>
0: It's the only language America understands. T-shirt cannons and jet skis. We know that. Well, all of this American
1: election stuff makes me wistful for the less democratic pleasures of a violent three-day coup.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But you may get your wish, Alice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, those countries, Um, there's, like, so much build-up to it. Just, like, quick... You know, just a sudden coup. It's quick, it's messy, you don't hear about it until it's over and then you just have to learn a new national anthem with the other guy's name in it. That's what I... I would take that over whatever insane conspiracy theory Fox News has decided will sway the extremely decided voters of the delusional Midwest this week. (laughs) But I,
0: I mean, we've talked a lot about how difficult it is to change people's minds at this stage. Now, there was a story this week that on more and what Trump spends his money on, and obviously we have those stories about him spending a lot of money on his hair and makeup, and even more money on just his makeup. And uh, uh, I think it was fifty grand on an endangered rhinoceros to sacrifice at a rally to place the anti-wildlife lobby. But this week, it's turned out that he spent two hundred thousand pounds on a concentration camp for Uyghur Muslims in China. Um, which I didn't even think he'd go that far. I mean, he didn't pay it directly, but I mean, it was. Taxes to the Chinese government, but given that he paid $750 in tax to basically help all the people in America who needed it, uh, that's so he's basically so he's funding concentration camps for Uyghur Muslims, but not pencils for American school children. I'm sure that's what those disenfranchised Rust Belt voters and their pencil less children were hoping he would do. But I mean, I guess we don't know that that's what the, the child I'm sure the Chinese government if they knew that money was from him, I think they would have diverted it specifically to that. They might have spent it on bollards. We, we don't know. But it is a lot more than he spent on uh, on America. But at least, you know, we can look forward. We can look forward, because in two weeks' time, the 2024 campaign effectively begins. So, you know, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs>
2: Excitedly. The most fitting end to all of this is... Uh, and if, if we are indeed... And I, there's no guarantee of that. If we are indeed in the sort of last days of the Trump uh, regime, in a way, it could not have come to a more fitting end than Trump's attorney... Being caught in a compromising position as part of a prank for a Borat movie, and in a way, this is the <laughs> this is the perf- this is the apotheosis of Trumpism. That Trump's lawyer could be trapped by a comedian prankster from the early 2000s. Like the only way it could have been any better is if Trump himself had been caught by Ashton Kutcher and been fully
0: punked. <laughs> Of uh, news, because we got have we got time for a couple more? Do you think or um?
1: Swans, Swan, swans, swans,
0: swans. Uh, it's not my show,
2: Andy. If they turn us off, they turn us off.
0: All right. <laughs> so, swans <laughs> news now. Um, Alice, you are our um, royal swans correspondent. Um, uh, there's uh, well a huge, well a huge story that really at this delicate time in the relationship between Britain and America could uh, could be the final nail in the coffin of the special relationship.
1: Yes, uh, the Queen gave Florida some swans and then they, would, they, they bred and there were too many swans so they have sold them, uh, which is a terrible thing, too many swans. Uh, and I feel like this is, if everyone's focusing on the fact that that's an insult to sell the swans or, you know, what are you doing with the swans? I feel like this is, the, you need to look at the core problem here, which is that the Queen brought swans. Of course she brought swans, she's the only one who can eat them. It's the worst present. It's like bringing your celiac (laughs) friend the kind of biscuit you like because you know they'll be in the cupboard for next time you visit. I I, I just think (laughs) the solution is not to sell the swans, of course. The solution, um, and I'm going to say this, I've said it before in different contexts, but the solution is swan thunderdome. What you want is to... Uh, accelerate the the evolution process. Fight swan against swan in a thunder Two swans enter, one swan leaves, until you end up with the ultimate <laughs> pinnacle of evolution, which, as we all know, is a crab.
0: Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's where it's all headed. Clearly. Um, The the swans were um, donated back in 1957 by Queen... I don't know how she got them through customs. (laughs) You barely get a banana through these days. Um, uh, For those you have not heard of her, the Queen, 68-time British monarch of the year, and nailed on favourite to retain it once again this year, despite a strong bid from uh, Dominic Cummings. And uh, they're they're selling these swans by by a lottery. And now... Is that a lottery you want to win? Yeah, We've won the lottery. Oh, great. This could completely change our lives. Uh, yes, it could, darling. You might want to put some towels down on the sofa. Um, but please, please remember, for our American listeners, it's not swans that crap on people's sofas. It's people who own swans that crap on people's sofas. Anyway. Nish, you got paid partly in swans by Quibby, I think, didn't
2: you? Yeah, yeah, that was part of the problem, Andy. Uh, they blew most of the budget yeah. they should have spent on uh, marketing on swans. Um, And I did suggest that they just write the word "quibby" and then let the swans roam around the skies, Uh, but uh, it fell on deaf (laughs) ears. On the plus side, swan meat quite tasty. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. And a swan carpaccio that would blow your socks off.
1: I feel like they'd taste angry.
0: (laughs) Everything does these days. It's um, it's all done. It's all done. That it's uh, that uh, brings us to the end of uh, our participation in the unmute uh, podcast festival. Do uh, uh, it finishes today, I think. But uh, hopefully, it'll be back uh, n- next year. Do support it and uh, all the other shows that've uh, been on that. And oh, yeah, there you go, Chris. You can see modeling the gorgeous new bugle uh, bugle merch: their cap, um, t-shirt, uh, and uh, other stuff. Yeah, you thong know, bugle thong. He's wearing that. Yeah 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 Got. Oh, we've all got we've all got those truly yeah.
1: andy you are the king of marketing thank you very much
0: he only remembered the two things i had in front of me <laughs>
1: yeah God, that's
0: it i would have been so bad at the generation game that's it well thank you for joining us um uh buglers watchers and uh, and listeners it's been a pleasure to uh, talk i hope you've enjoyed we've had no idea whether or not you've enjoyed any of this uh which i think is actually the way we do all the shows anyway so it's made no <laughs> no difference but i do hope you've enjoyed uh enjoyed it uh alice thank you as always um for, and particularly for getting up at that such a
1: genuinely uh, a
0: hours of, uh, of the day good and um uh, anything you'd like to plug before we cut, cut off
1: Ah yes, Andrew. I have a daily satirical news podcast set in an alternate dimension. It's Mm. called The Last Post. We also have merch, uh, which is vote Bob for Bob the sentient trash island. So you better buy that before uh, voting happens, so that you can represent at the polls. (laughs) It won't arrive in time.
0: Uh, Nish, Uh, Nish, you've you've still got a a little time to go before (laughs) before the plug is pulled on. uh, Yeah, yeah, we've got got two more episodes left. But if I was to
2: translate this into Titanic terms. Winslet is on the door. She is
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's she put is. her
0: clothes back on and she's she on the, is right.
2: She is on the door. Um, yes, there's two more episodes of Hello America on Quibi, but um uh it's listen, it's it's too little too late now. And I, I mean maybe if a billion people <laughs> subscribe to it in the next week we can we can keep this thing afloat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go, buglers get that snowball rolling uh, thanks to Chris as always for keeping this, uh, this this show vaguely on something near enough a road uh, <laughs> and thank you for listening we will be back whenever next time we'll be back with a regular bugle next week and back whenever the Unmute Festival has us back goodbye